0: Hey guys, I just want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor. Sponsor for today's episode is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's where this podcast was made, and maybe that'll be where your podcast will be made. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Michael Osseta. Today, we're talking about separation anxiety. Separation anxiety is one of those things that if you're not careful in the beginning, it's going to quickly develop, and if your situation somewhat changes, much like Right now, during the pandemic being over, you're going to have a problem trying to fix it. It's also one of those behaviors that is extremely difficult if you don't have help. So, um, one of my dogs, Tommy, had severe separation anxiety. Uh, A couple people had given up on him in the past because of it. He was able to ruin furniture. He was able to escape. And uh, when we had gotten him, we had put him in a kennel... And we had to get a a industrial strength kennel at one point. But he was in a standard wire kennel and he broke out of it almost instantly when we had left. Uh, He then was able to escape the apartment. We did find him. He came back, no harm, no foul. But, you know, it's one of those things that afterwards, now you're nervous every time you leave. Oh, what's going to happen? What's going to go on? You know, is everything going to be okay? Do we have to bring him with us? Okay, we'll bring him with us, you know. So, I understand what a lot of you are going to be going through. And I've helped plenty of people with the exact issue. So, one dog I knew, his name was Chip. He would destroy the bottom of the crate and then slip under the crate. He was small enough to do so. Um, And they ended up getting a a heavy-duty kennel. So, now I've mentioned heavy-duty kennels twice. That is always an option. When a dog is trying to escape because of separation anxiety. Not only can they hurt themselves and damage your property, but if you look at it from a behavioral standpoint, it actually reinforces the dog for trying so hard. So if you were trying to pull a push door, okay, you're pulling and you're pulling Your first instinct is to pull harder when it doesn't open. You just realize, oh, well, the door is maybe, you know, a heavy door or maybe it's locked. Let me just. So you pull it harder and then you look for context clues and then you push the door. So that has to do with something called an extinction burst, which we're going to talk about in another uh, podcast. But when you try to do something and it doesn't work, you try slightly harder. And if it does work, then you get reinforced for trying slightly harder. That's what happens with separation anxiety. Our dogs go to try to escape or whatever, and as they go to do it, they're like, ah, it's not working. Let me try slightly harder. And then they do. They escape. They realize that that's the benefit. Trying harder gets me what I want. I'm going to try harder next time, and I'm going to do it faster next time. So when you end up upgrading to an industrial kennel, basically, your dog is going to try to escape. They're going to claw, they're going to scratch, they're going to bite, they're going to chew, they're going to do all this stuff trying to get out when they have that much anxiety. That can be damaging to them. They can physically hurt themselves. Think about people with anxiety, they don't realize they're scratching themselves, they don't realize they're doing something because the anxiety is overflowing in their brain. It's actually, you know, chemically imbalanced. Now, if you have a dog that is that severe... You need to get medication. You need to go to your competent veterinarian. You need to talk to them about getting something to calm the dog down, a benzodiazepine. And when your dog is calmer, then we can work through the issue. You don't want to just do medication. And in that case, you don't want to just do training. You need to do both, and then we can wean off the medication. But if your dog isn't that bad, and they just cry a little bit and they whine a little bit, there's a couple things that you can do. Number one. Make sure that your dog isn't panicking before you leave. So what do I mean by that? If when you go to put your keys in your pocket and you're putting your shoes on and you're putting your coat on and your dog starts to look frantic and they're pacing back and forth and they're whining a little bit or they're glued to your hip, that means that they're already stressed because they know you're leaving. So what I want you to do is randomly put your keys in your pocket, take them out, put them back on the counter. Start getting your dog used to the fact that you will be leaving, but break apart that first aspect. Break apart that first routine and make it desensitized. Well, I'm, I'm not leaving right now, but I did put my keys in my pocket and it's not really that big of a deal. Your dog's eventually going to go, okay, it's not the fact that the keys are in the pocket. It's not the fact that the shoes are on. It's not the fact that the coat is on that they're leaving. They're, those are just things that happen. But when they go through the door, they're leaving. Once we get our dog going, well, when they go through the door, they're leaving. We open the door, and then we close the door, and we don't leave yet. And then we open the door, and we close the door, and we don't leave yet. And you do that a couple times. Now, what's most likely going to happen, now that you've listened to that, is you're going to go, okay, I got that, I'm going to go do that. And you're going to do it way too fast. You're going to spend an hour prior to actually leaving. Let's say you're going to leave at 2 o'clock one o'clock you're going to start messing around you're going to put your keys in your pocket you're going to take them out, you're going to get to the door, and then you're going to rush. And you're going to go, oh my god, I got to go, I got to go, I got to get out of here by two o'clock. And you're going to open the door, you're going to go out, you're going to come back in, you're going to open the door, you're going to go out, you're going to come back in, and then you're going to leave. Your dog's going to panic. And you're going to go, well, that didn't work. The reason it didn't work in that scenario is because you went too fast. Your dog saw the whole picture wasn't desensitized at all to any of it and started to panic long before you taught them that it was okay for you to do certain things so when you put your keys in your pocket and took them out dog's like okay that's weird but he put his keys back in his pocket so maybe this time he's leaving okay he took his keys back out okay he's not leaving oh he put the keys back in maybe he's leaving and you see how it keeps going back and forth to where your dog's going to now get confused. Well, is he leaving or is he not leaving? Is he leaving or is he not leaving? And instead of having anxiety about you leaving, he's going to have anxiety of whether you are leaving or not. And that's a whole other issue. Now you've developed a dog with a dependency on you so much that whether you're there or gone, they have separation anxiety as to if you're leaving. Right? Think about a person. If two people were in a relationship and you went up to go to the bathroom... And your significant other says, hey, where are you going? And you said, well, I'm going to the bathroom. Well, how long are you going to be? Uh, you know, a, a couple of minutes. Well, are you going to come back? Yes, I'm going to come back. I'm just going to the bathroom. Can I come with you? Do you want me to come with you? I can hang out in the bathroom with you. We can talk in the bathroom, right? It would seem a little creepy, a little odd. So as it relates to dogs, we now need to not only desensitize them, but we need to reward them for doing their own thing. If your dog knows a place command, that's a great way to get reinforcement away from you. Send them to place, give them a treat. Send them to place, give them a treat. And Instead of giving them a treat, toss them a treat over to where they are. Make it more enjoyable to be away from you. This is independence training. This is teaching your dog it's okay to be by themselves. They don't have to be with you. Uh, Search dogs are amazing at this. They want to be out looking for their toy or out looking for a person who has their toy so much that they're not listening to the handler anymore now that's a problem as it relates to obedience but if we can balance that out then we have a nice confident dog who's independent when necessary and can be obedient when we need them to be so you're rewarding them for place maybe you put a kong with peanut butter a pumpkin whatever over there and you go do your business Another thing you can do to try to teach that independence is to play games with their dinner, breakfast or dinner. So you put them into a sit, you have them wait in the kitchen, you take their food bowl and you hide it somewhere in the house. And then you say, okay, go eat, whatever, whatever word you have, you should be practicing impulse control before you get to this point. But if you haven't, we're going to go over that in another podcast, but we want to send our dog to go eat their food away from us. That's going to help build that value away from you. If your dog doesn't care about food, you should probably cut down on their food anyway. We don't want fat dogs. We want healthy, happy dogs. So what happens when you actually leave the house? If you have a camera, you should watch your dog. You should see their progress. See if they're doing better. Try to set them up for success. So if you know that for 20 minutes they're going to bark. Leave for 20 minutes. If you can look on the camera, when they're nice and calm, that's when you should come in. That's the best possible time to do it. If that's not a possibility, when you do come in, don't say anything. Do not do anything. Do not talk to them. Don't say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I had to leave. I'm, I'm right here. You know, everything's okay. Don't do that. Don't give them treats. Do not make it a bigger deal than it is. Your dog is already excited that you are home. This is where you need to have impulse control and you need to be calm. Same thing goes for when you leave, by the way. You should not be saying, oh, I'm going to be right back. Don't worry. Everything's okay. I'm going to come right back. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. Right? That's just going to build more and more frustration and anxiety for them. You don't want that. We want to help fix that. We want to make sure that they're calm and collected and they're not stressed Right? People who are stressed for most of their life do not live as long. The same thing goes for dogs. It's cortisol. It's in their body just like it's in ours. The more cortisol in their body, the more damaging things are going to happen to them internally, which is going to reflect externally. So you come home, you don't do anything, give them like 10, 20 minutes. Seriously, do not talk to them. Do not do anything for a while. If that means you go into the bathroom and you, know, you take a shower or you, whatever... Just do something long enough to where your dog's going to go, okay, they're home, it's not really that big of a deal, whatever. Then you can give them attention when they're being independent and calm. That's going to reward them for finding something else to do. Okay, I'll give you an example. My son, I know he's not a dog, but my son has temper tantrums. And when he's having a temper tantrum, I don't give him any attention. He's not getting my attention because he's losing his mind, screaming and wailing and flailing his limbs. But when he sits down and starts playing with blocks or you know, he starts pushing his little car around, then I'll come over and go, oh man, look at that. That's so cool. And I'll engage with him. And when I'm engaging with him, he then wants to play and do those things more. But if I start having a temper tantrum back with him, essentially, right? He's having a temper tantrum and I go, oh, what are you doing, buddy? Come on, what's going on? Tell me, tell me. Then he's learned that Having a temper tantrum is going to be a way to get me to interact with him when I'm busy, which it's not. Right? I'm an adult. We have adult things to do. There's chores that have to be done, and he's not old enough to do them. Right? So, when he's playing, I'll go sit down with him when he's playing appropriately, and I want to reward that. But I don't want to reward when he's being absolutely ridiculous. Now, just like with anything, there are exceptions. So, if he was really losing his mind over something that was necessary okay I'll sit down with him and we'll have our conversation same thing with our dog right so some people will fall into the trap well I'm not supposed to go in because my dog's losing their mind and you know if your dog is hurting themselves or causing damage to your house by all means go back in and stop them (laughs) Um, but just know you failed to set up a successful environment for them If they're in a position where they're going to get hurt, or they're in a position where they're going to damage your property, do not, I'm sorry, if they're in that position, you failed to set them up for success. So maybe you do need to get a better crate. Maybe you don't leave as long. Maybe you give them something to occupy them while you're gone. Doing something to manage is definitely going to help. Now, because I mentioned giving them something to occupy themselves. If you give them something a chew, a kong, whatever it is, if you give them something, it will distract them from you leaving, which is what people do. I'm going to distract them. I'm going to trick them. You can only do that for so long, especially an anxious dog. They're going to pick up on it. They're going to realize they're not going to have good trust. What I would want you to do is set up a smaller chew or a smaller kong and play a search game before you leave, just like we did with the dinner. Okay, you play a little search game, good. Then, as you leave, you tell them to search for a bigger one, an even better surprise. So now, one, they know what the game is, they know what they should be doing, but because you've left, now they're looking and looking for something else, and when they find it, they can sit down and enjoy it. But they're not distracted. They went and found something better to do because you left which is going to make an association of when you leave, they should go find something else to do. And then you just hide chews all around the house, and, you know, it's really not that big of a deal. But if you don't leave something for them to chew on, they're probably going to find something to chew on. (laughs) Good luck. Get out there. Get training. I'll talk to you soon.